your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June 25th, 2021. Your boy Q here. You can always find me on Twitter at your boy Q254. And you know, of course, got that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Always wide open like some old school TV antennas. Uh, got a lot to get to on today's show. And what I mean by what I got a lot to get to is I'm excited about it. Uh, Cody Rourke, he's the host of the Locked On Broncos, of course, AFC West division rival. He uh, hit me up earlier in the week and wanted to do a crossover edition. Of course, anyone who's been listening to the show for a long time knows that crossover editions we always do during the regular season. Anytime it's the week of that game, whoever the Raiders are playing, I'll talk to the host of that show. So, for instance, if we were talking about the Denver Broncos, I'd be talking to Cody Rourke. And, of course, we do that twice a year. So, he hit me up earlier this week. I think he's on vacation this week. So, he said, hey, Q, let's do a crossover edition. Let's talk some uh, Raiders. Let's talk some Broncos. Let's talk some AFC West. And uh, we'll do this show. So, we did it. We knocked it out, man. And uh, and so, I just want to go ahead and bring that to you on today's show. So, segment number two and three. And I might be able to get a couple calls in in the end of segment three as well. Just because I don't think the length of the crossover is that long. I uh, cut out part of it which was uh which was kind of just talking about the AFC West in general and it was really only a couple minutes of that so just really talking Raiders and Broncos that'll be segment number two segment number three and possibly like I said a few calls coming up uh, in the end of segment number three as well straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line the number again 707-654-4693 here in segment number one news and the notes of the day it doesn't matter if it has to do with the Raiders the NFL either way you look at it that's what we do news and notes of the day here in segment number one so let's go ahead and jump right into it off top, the biggest piece of news that came out on Thursday about the Raiders was owner Mark Davis gets into a minor fender bender. Like, really? You know what I mean? Like, that's that was the news, that he got into a minor accident. Like, he's not allowed to get into a minor accident. And it was crazy because I, I did a radio hit on, um, on Fox Sports in Fresno, California. My guy CK, really good dude. And it's so funny because one of the first questions he asked me when he was talking about the Raiders was, hey, what, what's up with the owner? getting into a car accident, what's up with the owner driving himself around, and what's up with the owner driving a Mini Cooper? And none of that to me made any sense. Like, none of that to me was, like, a big deal. Like, I don't care if the owner drives around him, himself in a car. Like, he has to because he's the owner. He's got he's to have a driver. That's kind of bougie. Because he's the owner of a, a football team, he's got to drive something that's not a Mini Cooper. This dude is riding around Vegas, and this is what I explained to CK, and he's a good dude, so don't, don't judge him. Great dude, but it was just funny because that was the narrative. Mark Davis is driving himself around in a Mini Cooper. I don't give a squat, man. This dude eats at Hooters and P.F. Chang's. Like, that's his thing. I eat at Hooters. No, I don't eat. I just drink at Hooters. But anyway, I just I hang out at Hooters with, with the fellas. It's not a big deal. He's a normal dude. I actually respect that a little bit more than the ones that are, like, bougie. He's like, oh, no, you got to drive me around. I got to be in this fancy car. I got to do this, that, and the other. I'm okay with that. So I, I found it kind of funny, but, you know, pro football uh, talk, uh, Mike Florio and company. Of course, Mike Florio is not a, a Mark Davis guy. He's not a Raider guy at all. But, you know, he tweeted out early in the in the day on Thursday. He said, who would you guess would be the football the football team owner that gets into a car accident in a Mini Cooper? And, like, that was a goof. Like, are you serious? That's a goof? That's not a goof. To me, it's not a big deal. To me, I thought it was fine. He got into a minor accident. He said, hey, he's going to get the, the dent out of his, uh, his Mini Cooper. 
Uh, the police didn't get called, so you see how less than serious it was. Uh, and Davis said, it's no big deal. I was going three miles an hour in one of those roundabout things. And that was it. And those roundabout things, if anyone's been in one, they seem to be a little, you know, something-something every once, once in a while. But it's just so funny, like, because Mark Davis did it and because he has a goofy haircut and because people believe that he's not worth a lot of money, even though he is, and he's not got his stuff together, it's like, okay, let's just talk about him. I didn't find it to be a big deal. People get in accidents all the time, and if he's driving himself around, more power to him. I don't have any problem with that at all. I just found it to be pretty funny. But either way you look at it, Mark Davis got into a small uh, fender bender. He said he's going to get the dent in his car repaired later on, and it's not going to be a big deal. But just thought it was newsworthy because apparently it's newsworthy that Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, got into a small, a very small fender bender on Thursday. Now, one piece of news that came out from the NFL I thought was kind of cool. They're going to bring back the alternate helmets. Now, they're going to do this in 2022. And I know for the Raiders, it's not a big deal because they're very, you know, status quo as far as their uniforms go, their helmets go. And I'm a firm believer that the Raiders uniform does not need to be changed at all. The helmets don't need to be changed at all. Nothing needs to be changed. It's the best looking uniform, best looking helmet, everything in the league. But that's just me. Some people say, oh, you're an old man. You know, get off my lawn. All that guy, you're stuck in the old days. Let's go ahead and change things up. I know some folks, younger folks especially, like to change up uniforms. They like to change up helmets. Whatever. I don't care. But this uh, policy is going to allow teams to go ahead and have an alternate helmet starting in the 2022 season, which, you know, will go with the throwback uniforms. Now, you can mix these helmets. That's what they say in the memo. You can mix these helmets with throwback or color rush uniforms as long as all the league policies are followed as far as the ultimate helmets and all the ultimate helmets are properly fitted. All the players are provided with sufficient opportunity to wear the alternate helmets in practice prior to wearing them in the game so they can get used to them. Player safety is what they say was the primary reason that the NFL previously told teams to stop using those alternate helmets. But they are back for 2022. And my final little nugget I have for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day comes from Gil Brandt, the great Gil Brandt. Really, really respect him a lot. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I've talked to him so many times. Just really, really good football mind. And yeah, he's getting older, but he still has a really sharp NFL mind. So he put out a piece on NFL.com talking about nine players who are guaranteed to play better in 2021. And I bring this up because... A Raider came up at number six, and that was Unique Ngakwe. He said Unique Ngakwe, who played in 15 games in 2020, had eight sacks, seven tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hits, and four fumbles forced, which is not a bad season at all. Again, that would have led the Raiders, no doubt about it. That was 15 games Unique Ngakwe had in 2020. But Gill said, after all, in his nine games with Baltimore, Ngakwe tied for the third best get-off time, 0.73 seconds, and a top 20 pressure rate, 12.4%, tied for 15th among those with 200-plus pass rush snaps last season, per next-gen stats. Ngakwe also made the conscious decision to add weight and muscle mass as part of the effort to be a better player. Gill went on to say, I expect him to turn heads in Las Vegas opposite Max Crosby, finishing with 10-plus sacks for the first time since his Pro Bowl season of 2017. So I thought that was a kind of interesting little nugget right there from Gil Brandt where he expects Yannick Ngakwe to be one of the nine players who he says are guaranteed to play better in 2021. And if Ngakwe plays better and plays up to those standards, gets 10 sacks and anywhere near seven tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hits, and four fumbles forced, the Raiders are cooking with grease. They're already a lot better on the defensive line than they were uh, past year. So I'm excited. I think Ngakwe, I've been pounding the table for him for quite a while. think he's going to be a real deal player. You heard what I had to say about him on Thursday's show. So I just kind of think that that helps double down what I've been saying, what a lot of people have been saying about 
Raiders free agent pickup, Yannick Ngakwe. And that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my conversation with Cody Rourke. He's the host of the Locked On Broncos. Did a little mid-offseason crossover edition style uh, conversation. You'll hear part one of that coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.com. AG. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action, baseball season, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. It's all going on right now. NBA, the playoffs, aren't they fantastic? They really, really are, man. There's not the usual suspects, but they're out there balling out of control. So before the next bucket, before the next three-pointer, the slam dunk, whatever it is, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines, get into the game, and as your team's on a run in the playoffs, you need to be on a run in the playoffs. Again, go to the website on your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's real simple. Use the promo code LOCK. On betonline.ag promo code locked on. That's how you get that 50% welcome bonus again on your first deposit. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of my conversation I had with Cody Rourke. He's host of Locked On Broncos. We did a little off-season crossover edition. Of course, we do those in the regular season, and when I hook up with Cody, it's twice a year because, obviously, AFC West division rivals. So every week before the team plays the Raiders, I talk to whatever host of that that team it is. And so when it's the Broncos, it's Cody Rourke. Really good dude. Fun dude to talk to. Kind of sounds like Adam Schefter, but he's still a cool dude. (laughs) Either way you look at it, he's still a cool dude. So here's part one of our conversation. Talk all things Broncos and all things Raiders. This is Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos with myself. Here it is, part one of that conversation. One of my favorite things of the season is getting to sit down with the AFC West divisional host for the teams that the Broncos compete against. But every offseason, I have to get together with everybody as well because two times in a season is just not enough. And we're bringing in your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And Q, I tell you what, Broncos fans love you, man. You know, I know that you're your boy Q, you're my boy Q, but you're everybody's boy Q, especially in Broncos country. They really like your insight and, and what you bring in terms of being able to cover the Raiders, not to mention your analysis on how you cover the Broncos when we have to cross over. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. And, and look, you know it very well when you're covering a team in the AFC West, you've got to know the division rivals, right? You've got to know the other teams in the division. And so uh, the Denver Broncos have been a thorn in the Raiders side for many, many, many years, going back to John Elway and all his times that he made the Raider fans feel heart break at the Coliseum or there at Mile High. I mean, it didn't matter. It was always something. And so, uh, yeah, man, just getting to know the division is always something that I think is very, very uh, important. And so, yeah, man, talking talking some uh, Denver Broncos is always a good thing. Absolutely. And, and getting into it, Q, you know, one of the things we're going to focus on, just the offseason in general, because yeah. the season's not yet here. Teams are going through mandatory minicamp, OTAs, that process is coming on. Now we're just waiting for training camp. And Q, I, I want to ask you about the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to throw it to you on, on this side first before we get into any Broncos talking. And really, I look at the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I would say from somebody who covers the division, I was really confused uh, at the beginning of this offseason when all of a sudden the Raiders were making all these changes to their offensive line. They lost several key players. And also they brought in a couple of running backs and obviously in a Kenyon Drake. But can you help me understand, can you help Broncos fans understand, what was the thought process behind the Raiders' renovation of the offensive line, which they were damn good last year in terms of being able to run the ball with Josh Jacobs? Right, well, the thing about it is I was – 
I think everybody was kind of confused at first when they saw, wait a minute, they're getting rid of, you know, Trent Brown. That made that made sense. But then Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, you kind of scratch your head about, especially Rodney Hudson, the all-pro center. I mean, that dude has just been the rock for the longest, the anchor of that offensive line. But uh, it was confusing at first, and we really didn't have an idea of what they were doing. But when you go back and you look at, one, the play on the field from the Raiders in 2020 and the struggles that Jacobs had to, you know, get, tough yards and uh, he did a really good job of getting three or four yards when he you know he needed to but there were so many times where he was he was getting to the line of scrimmage and he's already trying to break tackles you know and so they just weren't getting that push that they had been getting years uh, prior to that they're uh, they were very highly paid but they weren't really playing at that high pay level you know and they had already regressed all the way back to about the 27th ranked uh, run blocking offensive line so that's not good you know I mean you got 32 teams in the league 27 is not good so they had to do something so what they did is they traded Trent Brown to New England and Trent Brown was a guy that I expected him to be gone because he was never available I mean he just I I didn't think when they Raiders signed him uh, as a free agent from New England that it was a bad signing I thought it was great but he just never seemed to have the desire to be a Raider I think he's one of those guys where if you you've got to he, he's a Patriot way type guy. You know I mean? He's, he's a, <laughs> yeah. he's a guy who's going to be coached hard. And when they coach him hard, he's going to react and he's going to, he's going to, you know, do what he, he'll be productive. But he, if you kind of let him self police himself and kind of, you know, just do his own thing, he'll do his own thing and it won't be what you want him to do. So Trent Brown, uh, not available very much. He goes back to new England. Fine. Gabe Jackson. I kind of thought that there was a chance just because of his, his paycheck that he might be on the move and they end up sending him to uh, Seattle. So now he's up there trying to protect Russell Wilson. And uh, I felt when Denzel good felt in, he filled in, in in 2020 in a lot of different positions, tackle guard, you know, anything that they really need him to do, he was able to do. I felt like he deserved to get, a contract extension so when the Raiders were able to uh, you know move on from Gabe Jackson and actually trade him I felt like okay Denzel Good will slide into that position plus they had John Simpson fourth round pick out of Clemson from a year ago so I thought okay that's going to be solidified Richie Incognito comes back that guard position is solidified and then Rodney Hudson and the thing about Rodney Hudson is the Raiders felt really good about Andre James who was an undrafted free agent guy that they assigned out of UCLA the thing is, we don't see him. You know, they saw him in practice, and so they knew what they had coming to the table and who he was, and so that was the thing. They felt confident that they can get younger, they can get cheaper. They gave him a three-year contract already. You know, they 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 feel very confident that Andre James is not going to be Rodney Hudson, but he can do a very, very good job and still anchor that offensive line. So it's a younger line, it's a cheaper line, and it's a more athletic line. So Tom Cable did a good job in 2020 filling in for all the parts that were missing and, and making these guys fit the fit the bill. So now he's got another challenge. And you know, Cody, that offensive lines, they have to be cohesive. They have to, you know, they basically do everything. They eat together. They do, I mean, they, they know the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. That's what the biggest task is going to be. And the good thing is that there was OTAs. The good thing is, is there is, you know, the mandatory mini camp. And then they're going to have training camp that's going to look a lot more normal than it did in 2020. So I feel like they have that opportunity to jail like they didn't have in 2020. Well, I even want to throw it to real quickly to uh, Derek Carr. Obviously, you know, every year we have this conversation. There's always a question. I thought that Derek Carr, for the most part, last season played really good football yep. for the Raiders. Probably better than what we've seen since he had that leg injury that uh, honestly on a year where he could have been the MVP that year. Right. Uh, but the thing that I'm looking at, too, is obviously Nelson Aguilar no longer there. Yes, Darren Waller's back. You have Henry Ruggs. You have Hunter Renfro. I mean, what what is the offense looking like with Carr under center? And obviously the, the talent around him we know is good, but 
what can we expect this upcoming season, especially with John Brown now being added to the mix? Yeah, you know, and it's funny, man. I wasn't really high on John Brown, um, Smoke, a.k.a. Smoke. And I have to admit, I didn't even realize his nickname was Smoke. I, I guess he's had that for a while, and, and I didn't know that. But Derek Carr met with the media, and uh, he was talking to him and saying that, hey, you're going to get to know this guy as Smoke. Uh, I have a really good relationship with him. He's really, really fast. I'm excited. And he reminds him of Nelson Aguilar, who they lost in free agency to the Patriots. So it sounds like they have a good relationship going, you know, and, and they're already calling him by his nickname. So I kind of feel like that that when you start calling a guy by his nickname, you kind of have a good relationship with him. Uh, Brian Edwards is a guy that stands out to me that if he can be out there and be healthy, he's very strong. He has strong hands. Um, Derek Carr said he reminds him of Michael Crabtree with the, the hands that he has, just a strength in his hands. If he could be out there and be healthy and be that guy, he might be an X factor where the Raiders didn't pick up Julio Jones. Obviously, he went to Tennessee. I think that they may have been in the conversation with Julio, but it never really got serious. Um, he would have been the number one wide receiver immediately, but... If Brian Edwards could be that guy and you got Henry Ruggs that has a season under his belt, Darren Waller, of course, is a stud, like you mentioned, this offense could be pretty nasty. And I like Kenyon Drake being added to the backfield, too. You never take a stud off the field. And you're going to have Jacobs and Drake on the field, and they could do multiple things. I, I, I do believe that this offense can be just as good, if not better, than it was last year. But it all goes back, Cody, to that offensive line. That's got to be... They've got to be a cohesive unit. If they're not, then the Raiders are in trouble. Well, and obviously the addition of Alex Leatherwood will be something we'll talk yep. about once we get in season. But now shifting real quickly to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously a new philosophy is coming down the pike for the Raiders defensively. Max Crosby's returning. Now you have Yannick Ngakwe there. What are the Raiders looking at defensively this year? I mean, how do you project them maybe to be in 2021? Well, I'll tell you this. They can't be any worse than they were in 2020. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dog, they were awful. I could tell you at least three games that the defense alone lost. And, and just with that being said, I mean, you, you, you've you got to be better. And that's been the Achilles heel of the Raiders ever since John Gruden returned. I believe uh, every year since he's been back on the sideline, they've been ranked like 32nd, 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 32nd. If not that, close to it. I mean, it's just they're not good defensively. They just haven't been. And they've got a lot of young guys. But Gus Bradley's the new defensive coordinator. He, he comes over from division rival Chargers. I mean, so he knows the division. He knows who he's up against when the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the, the Chargers. And knows that he's got to make that unit better. And so uh, Ngakwe is a nice piece. Crosby is a nice piece. I think those two could be really, really, really good on the field. I don't know if it's going to be on the field together because they're kind of both suspect against the run. But getting to the quarterback, that's where it's at, man. you got to make these quarterbacks uh, uncomfortable, whoever the quarterback's going to be in Denver. I mean, right now, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who knows, other, if it, if it ends up you know, coming to that, who knows. But you got Patrick Mahomes. you got Justin Herbert. You've got to be able to affect these quarterbacks, man. So I think that Ngakwe is a, a good pickup. I think Crosby is only going to be better in year three. And I think with the understanding and maybe a simplification of this Raiders defense by Gus Bradley, the guys can go out there and play a little bit faster and a little bit more confident. So they've got to project up. You know, I, I think technically they were ranked maybe, I don't know, 24th or 25th when you put everything together last year. They've got to be in the teens. They, they really do. To, be, to have a fighting chance in this division, and you know very well, this division has a lot of firepower. To have a fighting chance, you've got to be around 18 to 15 and and hope for the best because, man, there's so much fireworks that could happen in the AFC West. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it. And obviously, I get to chat with you two times this upcoming season here in 2021 talking about what's going on with the Raiders. I know that because I cover the division, I cover a team of the division, I'm always keeping an eye on how the division is kind of playing out. But, you know, Q, uh, let's flip the script here a little bit. You know, the Denver Broncos, you know, I know you probably have a lot of questions as it pertains to maybe what Denver has to offer this upcoming season. 
So there's part one of our conversation, little crossover edition in the offseason, Cody Rourke and myself, and really talked all things Raiders right there. Well, like he said, we're going to flip the script. I'm going to ask him some question about the Denver Broncos so we can get an early kind of a view and an outlook on what people, what the fan base in Denver thinks of the team that are the Broncos and what they can possibly do in 2021. So you'll hear part two of our conversation coming up in segment number three. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, and the first one is RockAuto.com. I tell you about them all the time because, one, they're a family business, which is great. It's like the Raiders, right? They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. You know, Mark Davis got into that little bit of a fender bender. Maybe you can go to rockauto.com and get some parts, right? They got all the parts that you need for your car. So if you got a little dent in your car like he's got a little Mini Cooper, cool. You can go to rockauto.com and probably get that taken care of. Anyway, they got all the parts you need. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Yeah, they got carpet. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away, and the parts are delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands. You choose the specifications, and most importantly, the prices. The prices that you prefer. That's right. All the prices at rockauto.com are super low, and they're the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers, so there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Right now, go to rockauto.com, check out the parts available for your car, truck, and while you're there, there's a box. Says, how'd you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. That's how they know that I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is all at one spot, and that is rockauto.com. The other sponsor I want to tell you about, I've been telling you about for a very, very long time, and that is Built Bar. And right now, Built Bar has got about nine flavors that they're really trying to focus in on. Salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, raspberry cherry, coconut almond, and coconut. Great tasting protein bars and what that means is it's a great tasting snack but more importantly it's good for you it's very rare that you could put all that together in the same sentence most of the time it's really good for you but it tastes like garbage other times it's really good tasting but it's not good for you so this combines the best of both worlds really good for you and it tastes great 100% 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew. And again, they taste like a candy bar, but they're good for you. So those are the nine flavors that they're focusing in on. If you go to the website, BillBar.com, every once in a while, they'll have that limited time flavor. And uh, you'll always see it up there. It'll be up there for like a day, maybe two, or maybe even a few hours. But just check back early, check back often, and you'll be good to go. If you want a mix box, you can get two of each of the flavors I already mentioned. 18 total bars. Nine flavors, 18 total bars. Again, they're just a great deal. Plus, they are great for you. So go ahead and check out uh, BuiltBar.com. When you're ready to check out, when you're ready to go ahead and say, hey, I want to make that purchase, all you got to do is use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. So not only am I getting you hooked up with a great taste of snack, not only am I getting you hooked up with a great taste of snack that's good for you, but I'm getting you hooked up with a great taste of snack that's good for you, and I'm going to save you money at the same time. That's a win, 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 no matter how you look at it. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, save you 15% off your order just like that. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. Segment number three, it's on the way. You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of my conversation with Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos, talking all things Raiders and Broncos. Segment number two, really focused on the Raiders. Right now, about to focus in on the Denver Broncos. And of course, I got to start the conversation talking all things quarterbacks. Is it going to be Drew Locke? Is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Or is it going to be other? Here's part two of that conversation. 
obviously the most questions are always going to be at the quarterback position because, <laughs> you know, Drew Locke is a guy that I like him. I think he's got ability, but I always say he's a guy that I felt like is going to give you an opportunity to, to get a couple turnovers a game. You know, he's going to he's going to put the ball in harm's way a couple times a game. Uh, and the Raiders saw that firsthand and were able to create a couple turnovers off of him. So now Teddy Jeff, Bridgewater's don't there. even remind me of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it just kind of <laughs> is what it is. But Teddy Bridgewater's there. He's he's in my opinion, just my opinion, no more than masking tape. I mean, he's just a just kind of like a Band-Aid on a on a situation. So Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke or other, who would you say has the better opportunity of being the starting quarterback for the Broncos of 2021? I know that's a million dollar question. Well, you know, there's a lot riding it. And by the time this actually drops, I wonder, you know, we, we might have more clarity, but obviously the Broncos have been linked to some rumors with Aaron Rodgers. Really, it depends on whether or not the Packers are going to be willing to trade him. I don't think that they will. I think that they're going to they're gonna hold firm on that. But Rodgers may just, you know, sit out. He may not even play right. in 2021. So I've been really focused, you know, despite the rumors going on with Rodgers, I've really been focused on the two quarterbacks on the roster and Drew Locke and Teddy, you know, and, and Drew, the thing I, I think that Drew is going to probably be the guy this year okay. because you invest a lot in him, that second round pick, as you mentioned with Teddy Bridgewater, he's a veteran guy. It wouldn't hurt if Teddy Bridgewater was on the field. Like if Drew Locke didn't win the starting job, I don't think the Broncos would necessarily be in a bad position with Teddy because of the fact that look, if they can have a solid running game this season in terms of the offensive line being more solidified, you have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams is maybe a, a one, two, punch there and then all the receivers that you have coming back I mean obviously Cortland Sutton returning from injury Tim Patrick Jerry Judy entering year two I mean it's a route running clinic you have so many different guys and obviously not to mention the tight end position so Denver offensively if they can run the football well I think it takes pressure off the quarterback position now if Drew Locke is the guy I think the Broncos will air it out but it comes down to Drew Locke being better with his decision making that's really been his biggest issue now he's made some changes this offseason to his game his stance out of the shotgun. Rather than being a right foot forward guy, he's more even killed now. Rather than having a foot back, he's just he's he's balancing, he's even. That should help out with some of his footwork issues that he's had in terms of consistency. But it all comes up to here with the mental right. processing and being able to, you know, not throw it into triple coverage at times because he'll make a great play and then the next play he'll be like, What are you, you know, it's like, what are you doing? Right. That's the thing for Drew Locke. And I think that the discussion has been very divisive amongst Broncos fans this whole offseason. Spend quarterback this, quarterback that. But the Broncos have really built a really good team, in my opinion, Q, around Drew Locke and around the talent uh, that this Broncos team has, both on offense and defense. You know, and Jerry Judy is a guy that uh, I, I really respect. I like him a lot. Coming from Alabama, obviously, he's a second-year guy now in Denver. And he had a case of the drops, you know. And I think that was just concentration issues. I know he came out and said something about trying to make a play before he actually caught the ball. How much better do you think and do you expect Jerry Judy to be in year two, knowing that, hey, my biggest issue in year one was just concentration oh man I tell you what the amount of quarterbacks that Jerry Judy played with his rookie season four different guys right. throwing in the ball for him to put up the numbers he did that's impressive I expect him to get over a thousand yards receiving this upcoming year but all reports out of Broncos minicamp and mandatory pra uh, minicamp practice has been that he has been unstoppable I mean his route running ability is there now if he could just focus as you mentioned the concentration drops right. when I went back and watched a lot of film on Jerry last year most of the drops that he had outside of a few 
where really his eyes weren't looking at the ball when he, he was trying to make a play upfield. Yeah. I, I saw that on the film. There were obviously a couple drops, but he's been really focused on that this offseason. I mean, his route running ability is impeccable. I even referenced the Raiders game. Watching him just in reps, I don't know if the Raiders or anybody for that matter can really cover Jerry Judy one-on-one because he's always going to find a way to get open. It's all about even just a, an inch of separation is all he needs, or even just to be able to post up quickly on a smoke route, which we saw that a couple times against the Raiders, and obviously the 92-yard touchdown pass on a on a deep crossing pattern. Jerry's a fun player to watch. Vic Fangio has noted how much he's mentioned that he's seen a little bit of maturation with Jerry Judy so far in year two. He's more focused, more locked in, and I tell you what, if I'm a DBQ, regardless, I mean, I played DB back in the day. I don't, I, I wouldn't want to cover him. It's hard because I, I know he's going to make me look silly. I'll tell you what, that 92-yard touchdown pass should never happen. I mean, it should just never happen. You know what I mean? Like, the defense can't be fooled that bad, and I get it. You know, great route runner, but 92 yards? Like, really? That was incredible. Well, that, that was, I can't believe the Broncos still lost that game. I mean, considering the fact that the offense was actually doing okay. Yeah. The defense even forced turnovers, but they couldn't get stops, and, and their secondary was really depleted at the time when uh, that Week 17 regular season matchup. And at Q, the funny thing about it, that game – almost ended reminiscent of the year prior in the regular yep. season finale. Yep. It comes down to a two-point conversion, the same exact play. And during the game, I was tweeted because in that first game, Shelby Harris deflected the pass. Right. I had said it before John Gruden called the timeout. I said, they're, they're running up in that same play. They're going to run that same formation. Sure enough, they ran the same formation. Gruden calls timeout. The Broncos end up blowing a timeout due to not having the right personnel on the field. And then Derek Carr converts. Right. Same exact concept. And, and yep. I tell you, it's just ironic how it, how it came down. But it's just a battle. I mean, that's what you're going to get every time the Broncos and the Raiders play. Right, exactly. And that was funny how that, that ended. And it was basically the same way two years in a row, just different results. The Broncos win the first year and the Raiders win in 2020. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned a depleted secondary. Well, the Broncos did something about that depleted secondary in the draft, and they went out and got another Alabama guy and Patrick Sertain, who, in my opinion, was the best defensive back in the draft. That's just me. I I, I will admit I'm a guy who loves Alabama, so maybe that's, that's me. But... How exciting is it to have that dude who could potentially be that lockdown guy, and how much is he going to help in that Vic Fangio defense? Man, it's crazy because all the reports out of camp, even from players, like, hey, he's he's the real deal. He's a physical freak of nature. He's not, he's not built like a cornerback. He's built like a safety, but has the speed and athleticism of a corner. So, I mean, he could do a variety of different things in Vic's defense, play on the outside, play on the inside, maybe play safety at times. I mean, but we have no idea right now. And you mentioned Patrick Sertan. I mean, we go back to that Broncos secondary in that Week 17 game last year. The schedule is so, I mean, the, the roster is so different right now at that position because the Broncos had Michael Ojemudia starting. He was a starter all, most of last season. Parnell Motley was an undrafted rookie guy that just signed off the practice squad that week. And then all of a sudden now you have Patrick Sertan, you have Bryce Callahan back, you have Kyle Fuller, and then you have Ronald Darby as one of your offseason signings as well. Denver has four or five deep guys at cornerback that even if you lose one guy, you're not necessarily going to be hurting because the quality is great. It's a good problem to have for the Broncos, and, and there's some talk that with Vic's defense, if guys like Von Miller, Bradley Chubb stay healthy and that secondary stays healthy, there's a chance that they could be one of the top defenses in the league, and they're having a great uh, you know offseason so far. In minicamp, all we heard about was interception this, interception that. I mean, that's what they were doing. They were taking the ball away. Sertan's going to be a very great addition to watch. I'm excited to watch him just because he's a physical freak of nature, but his, tech, his technical ability is something as a DB guy. I love watching. I can't wait to see it. Right. And, I mean, Vic Fangio, uh, you want to talk about a, a, a top-notch defense. He's going to get one. He's going to get a top-notch defense. I mean, that's just kind of who he is. I mean, a guy that was a defensive coordinator in the in the league for so many years before he was ever a head coach, he, he knows what he's doing with defense. Yeah. How, how big is it 
for that secondary that the Broncos were able to come to terms with Justin Simmons on a long-term deal as well and have that guy on the back end as kind of the eraser just in case there are any blown coverages. Oh, it was huge, Q. And and, and the reason why, you know, there I think there was a philosophy thought process here. You know, there was some real concern if John Elway was the GM still, Justin Simmons wouldn't have been locked up to a long-term deal because the Broncos have had this issue of not really paying homegrown players, in-house players, right. because they're always looking for a, di- you know, a different number on the market. And obviously we knew the, the free agency market due to COVID the offseason, everything like that, and revenue and the salary cap, it impacted that. So I don't know if the Broncos would have been able to bring Justin back, but George Payton came in right away as the new GM and said, hey, Justin Simmons, he is our top priority right here. He and Von Miller and Shelby Harris, he took care of that. And so the Broncos, they're bringing these guys back that they feel like can be useful for years to come. Now, Justin Simmons, obviously younger out of the entire bunch. They really love what Justin Simmons does for them on the field and off the field. He is the perfect representation of what the Broncos organization wants in their players in both aspects. So having Simmons back, who's a ball hawk, he, he's not just a free guy. He can come up and play against the run. He's proven to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. And the Broncos, you know, making the investment to keep him long term, have to continue to see if it continues to pay off. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's funny. And I'm just going to I mean, this is just like a, a joke, but it's it's still pretty funny uh, that Von Miller in, in his uh his greatness, all his greatness, as he is a great player, uh, love Von Miller, uh, but he's having his, you know, he has his uh, his academy, his sacks summit, and he has it in Las Vegas, and multiple Raiders are there learning from Von Miller. I just find it funny to see Raiders learning from Broncos, and I'm sure some of the Bronco fans are like, wait a minute, Von, don't teach him too much. Don't let Max Crosby know your tricks to the trade. Don't, don't teach him too much. How much kind of conversation was there around some of the Raiders being in attendance at Von Miller's camp? Ah, uh, you know there there is always that competition, that conversation. I mean, it really started with I, I think back in the day, Larry Fitzgerald held used to hold wide receiver summits yeah. and, and teaching them things, and everyone's like, "Hey, why are they doing that?" But really, I think for Von Miller, he learned it from Demarcus Ware, the ability to give back to younger players and, and yeah. to teach them because really those positions, it's like a fraternity in a right. sense. And so you're starting to see a little bit more of this. There was a tight end you this offseason. There might be a wide receiver you or a DBU coming up, and you know things like that. But you know, it's really just kind of sharing. Hey, this is what works for me. Now it's not going obviously apply to to everybody because of the fact that Von Miller has a different skill set more so than Max Crosby. Max Crosby might be more of that physicality type guy rather than the speed rush that Von has, the dip. Uh, I think it really just varies. But yeah, Broncos fans, they had a really good time with it. They're like, hey, why is uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders beat reporters talking about Von Miller. And so it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, he's in Vegas. He's holding this pass for us summit. Right. No, I thought that was funny. Oh. I thought it was cool, though, because like you said, it is a it is a fraternity. And really, the NFL is a fraternity anyway. But just to see these guys that are great, like Von Miller, showing the young dudes, like a Max Crosby, who I think has an opportunity to be great. You know, he's just got to go out there and work. I think it shows a lot about Von. I think it shows a lot about the guys across the league that show up. They have respect for him, and and they want to be great like he is. And so that I think that that goes – I mean, you can take a lot from it, but I thought that that was pretty cool. So I was actually happy to see uh, Max Crosby out there and hope he does learn a little bit more because you can never stop learning, especially in the league. You know that. Uh, it's, it stands for not for long. So if you can you know prolong your career a little bit longer by learning a little bit more tricks, that's a good thing. So there it was right there, Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos. It's always fun to catch up with him a couple times a year and even – Fun to catch up with him in the offseason. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation, trying to close out the week really, really strong. And again, man, it's always good to catch up and figure out exactly what's going on with the division rival because, again, the Raiders got to face the Broncos 
twice a year. Got to face the Chiefs twice a year. Got to face the Chargers twice a year. So it's good to catch up early in the offseason, kind of feel out the team, feel out what the fan base is thinking, and just see how, you know, what, what the ins and outs of the team are. So there you go. You got a little bit of a preview of what it seems like the Denver Broncos got going on heading into training camp. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully you've had a really, really great week and you're ready to have a fantastic weekend. I know I am. So uh, Raider Nation, be safe. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll have more calls straight off that Locked on Raider podcast voicemail line. Of course, we'll have way more conversation that has to do with the Raiders as we get closer and closer and closer to training camp. That's what we do. So take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.